Welcome, everybody. Uh, we have been out for a while, but we are getting back on track, hopefully. We're fucking back. Like the movie. That was a great flick. Have you ever seen We're Back? It's a kid's movie. No. It's an animated movie. It's about the scientist goes back in time and takes dinosaurs and brings them to New York City, and he makes it so they can talk and shit. Yeah. It was a classic of my childhood. I'd, I'd ringside announce. I'd be like, I mean, as long as you can cuss. If he gets booked in Cincinnati, we're there. Dr I, drunk as shit, but we're there. I say all the time, like, they, like I wish HBO should, like, see, he remembers. HBO should, like, pick up a sports contract and air, like, a one football game a week. So the announcers can be like, holy fuck, took his goddamn hat off. What the fuck were they thinking? All right. Uh, you remember how to play the intro and all that shit? Yeah. Should we do it? Are uh, you ready to get started? We might as well. All right. Get it rolling. All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the GITM podcast, where we cover the paranormal and, like today, true crime. Well, I'm going to classify this under true crime, <laughs> but this is true crime conspiracy, all wrapped up in a nice blonde bow. Bow. So, tonight, Travis, tell us, tell the masses of single-digit individuals what we are covering tonight. We're talking about fucking Princess Diana. Why are we talking about that hooker? Uh, first off, watch your mouth, because <laughs> we both are old enough to know that that woman was a fucking gem. She yes. may have had her personal life problems. That's fine. We all Don't do. We all, yes. But in the, eyes, in the eyes of the beholder and for as far as her footprint on earth, she's 30,000 times better of a person than either of us could ever hope to be. Well, let's be honest. Most... Serial killers are better people than us. Which we will touch on that a little bit. I do go, you know, there's a, I have but, a little bit of backstory because, you know, for anybody who, like, I know Gonzo's younger than us, younger than me. Like, anybody who doesn't really know anything about Princess Di. How could you not? I mean, if you're that young, I was young when she died. I, I think I was, like, I was in elementary school. I think I might have been seven, maybe. I was working. I remember, I will say this. The funeral was, I believe it was on a Sunday. I remember watching the funeral with my mom. I was at work. At the time, I worked at a tire store. I sold tires. Was it tire no. discounters? No. It was not them. Uh, and I, you know, Sunday, it was a Sunday, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm having a false memory. But we weren't busy on Sundays anyway. So I sat in the lobby and watched it. Feel free to like and share the video with your friends. But in my defense about, I, a hooker to me is a term of endearment. If I That's call fair. You, if I call you a hooker, any female in friend in my life knows or has been called a hooker by me at that's like me and motherfucker right. like motherfucker is a traditionally a very abrasive term but i like if i have a problem with somebody i'm not going to call a motherfucker i'm like you motherfucker if yeah. i have a problem with somebody i'm like you dirty cocksucker you it, you know how people will use bitch as a term of you know hey, bitch, so they use it so freely now i use hooker like that I think it's a little bit more respectful because at least you're getting paid earning them dollar dollar bills, y'all. Well, hooker's just a bad word. It's sex worker now. Whatever. Or I guess working girl is acceptable. Okay, fine. Lady of the get evening. Pissed off, if, just start calling people lady of the evening. You if, fucking lady of the evening. If the PC people, PC police are coming after me for saying hooker because it's derogatory, fuck you. I'm going back to slut and whore. I'm going back to whore. Fuck you. 
I think Hooker would be better. Suck a big fat cock, which I don't have. Yeah. So anyway, is there any house cleaning? Uh, (laughs) Messi got signed to Inter Miami. Yes, I guess they're, they're playing tonight. No, yeah, I know, dude. Loose. Like where the the place I work, they, we canceled our trivia night. That's what I saw for it, and I was like, "Why? FC Cincinnati is going to get their fucking dicks kicked off." Lionel Messi ended the season with like basically as many goals as the rest of his team combined, and I don't even think he played the whole fucking season. He didn't. It's soccer. They won the cup. I don't give a shit. It's soccer. Um, what else? I do. I will say this. Apparently, in the news, fuck did this sticker come from? I don't know. A little tiny sticker that oh, says 79. Was... <laughs> ten, Fuck. 10 off a good time. I will <laughs> say in uh, topical news, apparently I've been hearing rumbles. COVID lockdown's coming back, baby. Are you fucking serious? Why? Apparently there's a new strain. Go figure. What did I fucking say? Election what did I say? Time. What did I say? What? Like two weeks ago when we were recording. What the fuck did I say about COVID? Wow. The first one was a test. And then everybody starts talking about the UFO declassification. Why do you think they're doing that? To fucking distract us from something else. And look, now there's rumblings of another goddamn lockdown. Fuck you. Yeah. I better be getting that God. I better be getting that same fucking unemployment <laughs> check that I was getting last time. But I guess it, like mask mandates are coming back. Even though it's been scientifically proven and out the door that... Wearing a mask for eight hours is worse for you than fucking COVID. But that's that's another issue. Well, that was a stupid thing. Is like working in the restaurant industry. Like I didn't have to wear. I only, I had to wear a mask if I like walked out into the dining room. I didn't have to wear a mask on the line. Well, don't get me started about the stupidity that. Oh, was, excuse me. I didn't even know that was coming. That was the uh, mandates when you know in a restaurant you had to wear a mask in, but you went to your table, you can take it off to eat. Yeah. So Eat a dick. COVID is only like four foot high and up. Right. Yeah. What? Shut the fuck up. And like them little plastic pe- plexiglass barriers are doing oh shit. Oh, my Go God. Fuck, fuck you know, yourself. I would hope the American public or the, the global society yeah. would be smart enough to fool me once. You ain't doing it again. You know what ain't going to happen? People are so scared. And let's be honest. People are such pussies. Well, Yeah. Well, and there's also the fact that, like, it, it's it's so fucking stupid that all you ever hear about is one side or the other when, in my experience, most of the people are, right, are like me and they're right down the middle. Right. Like, my whole thing was, like, like everybody, like, one of my buddies who you know, he he, I remember him texting me while I was out of work because of that shit. Yeah. And he was like, how you doing, dude? Like, I talked to everybody. I randomly just text, like, my old, my boss just randomly texted me, asked me right. what I'd been watching on Netflix and shit. But, like, my buddy, you know him. I used to live with him where I lived before this. And he was, like, talking. We were bullshitting, and he kept working. He had the option. Well, I mean, everybody, I guess, technically had the option to an extent if you wanted to go get another job. But he was, like, I said something about the unemployment bonus, and he was, like, yeah, it's fucking bullshit that everybody's getting bonus money, and I'm still working. I was, like, yeah, I don't disagree, but that doesn't mean I'm going to fucking give it back. Yeah, I'm going to take it. Well, like, especially for like, it, like I went to work in me as soon as, as soon before we even opened our doors, I was working again. I didn't want to not work. Right. Even though I'm one of the people that like that lockdown was kind of a blessing for me because my back was super fucked up at the time and it actually gave me some time to rest that shit up. But like I was back as soon as, as soon as they called me, they're like, Are you ready to come? Fuck yeah, I'm bored. Let's right. fucking, let's boogie. Listen. 
I was of the thought when COVID first happened, the two weeks to slow the curve, I was like, okay, I, I kind of understood what they were trying. A little bit. But when it made sense to me, I, I, I'm down. When you're talking two, three months. And then when it goes basically to two fucking years or a year and a half, basically, of pure fucking hell. What? I was oh. just reacting to the uh, creek. Of, you know, that's when it got a little, that's when I said, okay, there is a different agenda going on now. Two weeks to slow the curve made sense to me. Everybody stick around, you know, take a two week vacation. We're all good. Well, especially considering that, uh, like, I didn't even get my unemployment check for the first, like, two weeks that I was out of work. Like, I just never got it. And then, then they were like, somebody said something about back pay. And I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to do all that shit. Right. Like, because the first time I got it, I had a bonus on it. Like, at that $600 or whatever had already been a thing. And I was like, fuck it. I haven't been doing anything anyway. Yeah, I've just well, been watching yeah. fucking TV. We'll have to wait and see. Any other news? Um, There's another fucking active shooter in Pittsburgh. I don't know what happened with it. I saw it on the news. Today. I was like, shoot him. Just shoot him. Shoot him. Fuck him. Shoot him. Shoot him. Just get him away from the kids and the innocents and fucking shoot him. I, t I take the speed. If, you know, like the, you remember the movie Speed with Keanu and. Unfortunately. When he's holding, he says, uh, I forget, I'm going to butcher it, but he says, you hold a hostage. What do you do? Bad guy's got a hostage. What do you do? And Keanu goes, shoot the hostage. Take him out of the equation. I'm down. What? Well, so, cost one life to take. Just, we got snipers. They could easily hit the shot without hitting them anyway. Right. That's what I'm saying. Just shoot the motherfuckers. I don't know. Fuck it's it. fucking I don't stupid. Care. I don't what else? Um, uh, I don't know. The Patriots signed Ezekiel Elliott. Good luck with that. The uh, Colts said that Jonathan Taylor can seek a trade yeah but they weren't they're going to value him so far out of the market all of the running backs are right, devalued the as fuck right, right they don't want to pay the running backs but what they work but they value them like they want to pay them and i believe his comment was okay then pay me what like you're, how you're going to value me yeah what else anything else in football oh joe burrow's leg fell off at least that's how everybody acted. Oh God, you fucking pull! Oh my hammy. God, dude, they tried to fuck. Oh, it was a calf, wasn't well, it? Well, they they tried to fuck. They tried to cover that shit up because I remember seeing it, and they're like, they, what was it? Like a bunch of people are like going on Twitter, offering, jokingly offering to give Joe Burrow a hamstring, and they're like, the Bengals were like, it doesn't work like that, guys. Joey will be back soon. Don't worry. And I was like, no, he won't. Like he will be back soon, oh, but, but like not be, they're not, not going to change it. Yeah, no, I like I don't I don't think we're gonna see him for at least the first week of the regular season. Uh, depends on who they play. I if looked, they're smart, they would. I haven't looked to see who they're playing. Like I'm not saying it was a bad injury, but if you're smart, I, leave him on the fucking it's a, bench. Got a tweak came in, which can be nagging, but it's not life ending. It's not, it's but not it can be. It can, and, but it can also be exacerbated if you keep fucking with right. it, or just don't be a pussy. Yeah, fucking I rub some dirt on it. Take a salt tablet. Go eat some ass like remember, a fucking like I the generations back, before you. I played back. I played my entire senior year on a broken foot, pulled hammy. Fuck, I would fuck that bullshit. Is there anything else? I feel like no, I don't think I I'm nothing real other than anything in life. I went on a trip. Yes, you did. You went. I will post some of those pictures because I, I, one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to fucking lift our band on Instagram within oh. the next two days, or I'm starting a new Instagram. Oh, I do have. Uh, she does not watch this, but. Today is my daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, even though you won't hear it. 
The big fucking hater. It's a big two one. Oh shit! Wait, what? Today? Yeah. Are you going out? No, I was going to. Oh yeah, you got to work. I got to work. I was thought about taking a vacation day, but she's probably got plans. With and plus, it's not going to be fun until the weekend anyway. Yeah, I probably. I think. Uh, because you know what they say, everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah, because she had mentioned doing something this weekend, going out this weekend. Because we were supposed to do dinner a couple weeks ago. Oh, God, you know you know how that's going to go. It's her 21st birthday. She's going to show up to meet you, and you're going to look at her and go, what the fuck is that on your body? What are you wearing? You go, you go back to your house, and you take off that belt that you call a fucking uh, a pair of shorts and you go put on some real goddamn clothes, like a fucking potato sack or a nun, a nun's uniform. Yes, I want a full <laughs> mumu. But yeah, I did. I went on a trip, and either on our current Instagram or a new Instagram that I will shortly create, I will post some pictures of that. Went out to uh, the middle of fucking nowhere. First day, went to a place called Otherworld. I will definitely be posting pictures of that. That place was cool as shit. Super trippy. Super fun. Super trippy. Uh, yeah, the interactive thing oh. was cool. It was like a whole fucking like old grocery store, not overhauled. Of course, Saturday was a bunch of bullshit. Just kind of went out and did stuff. I ate absolute shit on Saturday. We were geocaching. That's a new thing I've I've gotten into. Oh, don't even get me on start eating shit. I've gained like thirty pounds. I am a. I was bad. Man. Like I got you know you, you. We lived together. You know how it was. I was not going to the gym regularly. I've been to the gym more in the last week than I was went to the gym in the month before that. I was at the gym till fucking almost two o'clock in the morning last night. Yeah, because I know uh, you fucking stole off on on my bank out of the fucking Monopoly game at like three, four o'clock, two, three o'clock in the morning or something like that, you motherfucker. If it's a bank heist, I can't help that. You robbed me, bitch. I also completed the, the, uh, the album, the sticker album. Good job. Yeah. I've been rolling hard off of that. Dude, I literally laid, I, I spent no less than an hour building boards just off that money. And now, you know, I have nothing to live for. Yeah. But yeah, and then Sunday went to, uh, the hippie festival. Got sunburnt to shit. I don't know if if we can see it, but I got a straight line. Nice. <laughs> it's literally a fucking straight line from where my sock was. All right. I uh, say we go ahead and... Got anything else? Let's get this party started if you don't. You got to get out of here. Uh, we got we got a hard... This day. one should be... I, I feel like this is a, a very talk-throughable one. At least, especially the first three pages, because I did go into some backstory for anybody who doesn't know who Princess Diana is, you piece of fucking shit. Born under a goddamn rock before. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hawaii's on fire. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, the second or first most, like, deadly wildfire in American history? Can you really? believe that shit? Really? Yeah. It's an island. Dude, no, a, I saw. It's I, an active volcano. I was, what fuck, what was I listening to? I might have been listening to a podcast or something, but they were talking about, like, this chick that somebody knew sent was talking to them, and she was in Hawaii at the time, and she said it was the most fucking horrible thing in the world. Like, everything just was just on fire so fast. She said, like, people were, like, burning alive, stuck in their car because they couldn't get out well, and shit. It's, like I said, it's a fucking island, and they're not that big. When wildfires happen in, say, California, which happens all the time, California's a big ass state. You got somewhere to go. Yeah, you have other. That's the crazy part is like you have Hawaii getting all fucked up, 
And it's like you have other places in the world where it's like they literally have controlled fucking fires that they Which, set themselves. Yeah, because you have to kill the dead stuff. That's why wildfires dead start, dead. because the dead stuff lays on the ground, rots, a lightning strike. You know, it's, it's Mother Nature's way of cleaning out the brush. Literally. Literally. Yeah. But unfortunately, in this one, it's a bit sadder. Yeah, but in Hawaii, you only have so far you can go. I guess right. Hop in the ocean. Then you got to deal with yeah. Or the fucking, God forbid, a, a, a volcano is going to erupt, and that shit just runs into the ocean and makes then, more island. Then again, you're right. It is an active volcano. You fuckers live on an active volcano. Dude. Like, what? Do you think that counts towards your real estate? Like, if you have a coastline property, then there's like a a valley where magma runs if it erupts and it like goes out in the ocean and builds up do you think that counts towards you do you have to pay tax on that i don't know because it's, it's not always, like you can do a lot it's of always it. expanding tax to go up every year yeah it's not like you can do a lot of course you know, once again i don't want to hear a little you live on an active volcano it's going to be hot there's a chance magma could fly through your living room land on your balls just like Look at pompeii just like people in new orleans i don't want to hear you bitching about hurricanes you live under you, below you, sea you, level. You okay? Let let's adjust that because I think we're on the same boat here. You're allowed to bitch about it, and Katrina's horrible, and all right, horrible stuff but, happens. But okay, you're allowed to bitch about it. Just don't be so surprised. Exactly. It's, you live in a city on the coast, which is under sea level. Literally under sea level. I I have a good night drinking and take a piss. It, it, it will raise the sea level <laughs> enough to drown ten kids. It will flood New Orleans. And the people in the Midwest. Like, if Austin Powers pissed off a dock outside of New Orleans, it's over. Evacuation, come. Here's the thing. I'm not going to live in those places. I wouldn't want to live. Maybe Hawaii. Maybe not forever. I would live in Hawaii for at least a little while. I'm too cheap to live in Hawaii. I'm about New Orleans. I hear too many fucking horror stories from New Orleans between the news and A&E and Mark Normand. Yeah. I'm see, and like the Midwest, I don't hear. I don't. It's horrible when a tornado rips your fucking trail double wide apart. But you live in a tornado belt. Don't be shocked. Yeah, it's like that's like playing with snakes and getting bit. Which funny story? One of the guys that I watch that is a snake, a venomous snake handler and keeper in Florida. Yeah, watch him get bit by a fucking monocle cobra in India. Dumbass. Right on the finger. He. he I don't know if he had to get it cut off or not, but like. He's a professional, so he's a professional. Well, he he did like he handled it really well. Like literally, he had his fucking finger. So he instantly sucked the venom out, which doesn't really work. Doesn't really work like that. But that dude had a fucking like kung fu gorilla, gorilla grip pussy grab on his fucking finger, like until they gave him anti venom for like at least an hour. It was purple because he was holding it so tight. And they're like, no, 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 no. And he was like, no, if I fucking let go, it's going to go everywhere else. True. Doctor person, just do your fucking job and let me do mine. But yeah, he was in the hospital for a couple of days. It was interesting. Funny guy. Interesting. He has emus on his property. But anyway. All right. Let's get into Princess Die. All right. Diana Frances Spencer was born on July 1st, 1961 at Park House, Sandringham, Sandringham, Norfolk. Nice. I'm just going to say all these wrong because I'm going to say I'm wrong anyway because they never pronounce it. Yeah, I guess technically proper. they pronounce it right since they are proper English. She was the fourth of five children of John Spencer, the 
Viscount Althorpe from 1924 to 1992 was his life. There's a lot of fucking terms in here that I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't even look into because I don't care. And Francis Spencer, the Viscountess Althorpe, Ne Rocher, 1936 to 2004. Uh, the Spencer family had been closely allied with the British royal family for several generations. Her grandmothers, Cynthia Spencer, Countess Spencer, and Ruth Rocher, Baroness Fermoy, had served as ladies-in-waiting to Queen Elizabeth and the Queen Mother. Again, I actually didn't know some of this stuff. That's why I went into the backstory a little bit. Now, within the family, she was also known as Dutch, as a reference to her Duchess-like attitude in childhood, which really made me think, I'm like, no disrespect to the dead or somebody who was actually a good person. Does that mean that she was she behaved royally, or does that just mean that she was kind of a bitch? I'd say at least, best case scenario, a little snobbish. Mother, bring me my tea. Off with your head. Oh, God. Gotta love Alice and Wheaton. God forbid we do a fucking episode about a British princess and we don't make an Alice in Wonderland reference. Insert other fucking, I don't know. We're all mad here. As long as it's not Snow White, we're all right. I couldn't quote that if I wanted to. I've all seen it, but all the shit going on with Snow White now. What the the hooker who's playing Snow White? I'm not even going to use hooker because I a term of endearment. She's all everybody's pissed off at her. Who who but is it? She's like she's not Caucasian. We'll say that. But why do we give a fuck? But she made comments about that. Apparently, they're redoing Snow White to where, and she kept making comments about how it's nice, very sexist and blah blah. It's a love story about a. Princess wanting a prince to meet a prince with and a bunch of little basically people. They're, it's very woke feminist the way she's coming across with it. Okay, you don't need a man, then just write. Then a whole, don't be in Snow White. Write a whole nother fucking story. Yeah, whatever. But I forget she's um Brazilian or Latino of some sort. I was a fucking Sofia Vergara. No, I forget. But she that'd made, be hilarious. She's made a lot of. Waves. Feminist type comment about you know how Snow White is. She doesn't want a man. I'm paraphrasing all this, but doesn't want a man. She just wants to be the strong leader that she is. Okay, make a movie about that. Quit do, for one. Right. Quit, quit doing these live action remakes of the classics. I know. I'm just waiting for the fucking new Little Mermaid to come out on Disney Plus. I have to watch it. Like, I grew up watching the actual well, like Disney I said, movies. I have to watch it. I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to like it. And, and before anybody fucking says anything, it has nothing to do with the fact that Ariel's fucking black or mixed or whatever Zendaya. I think it's Zendaya is. I don't, I don't give a fuck about that. I just overall have not been a big fan of the live, the I, quote unquote live action adaptation. Well, I've told you my opinion on the Little Mermaid. Little, little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. It is a sea dwelling fictitious character now allegedly allegedly which maybe we'll cover it at some point oh we could do it but we all know anybody that watches shark week or discovery channel knows animals that are fish that live in the ocean or mammals that live in the ocean the deeper they you go there's less sunlight yeah so there's no need for melatonin <laughs> and i would assume that atlantis or wherever ariel's from is on the f- o- bottom of the ocean. So it'd be dark. Yeah, she is so Poseidon's she, daughter, isn't she? Yes. Anatomically, she would not be dark because she would not need... She'd probably be an albino. Let's be... If we're being correct. 
Okay, so if you had to fuck a mermaid, would you rather have a fish top or a woman top? Oh, we gotta have a woman top. Yeah, so you'd I rather fuck a fish vagina? I, yeah, I gotta have boobies to play with. I mean, they do say that uh, dolphins and manatees are very similar to human vaginas. Again, we've talked about this, and I want to know the fucking scientist that found that out. <laughs> Experiment on Something that. tells me he was weird in high school. But anyway, let's get back to the fucking news, if you will. Yes. Now, uh, again, Diana grew up in Park House, situated on the Sandringham Estate. The family leased the house from its owner, Queen Elizabeth II, who Diana called Aunt Lilibel. L- I'm sorry, Aunt Lilibet, since childhood, which is adorable. That is. I have to say. It's just like I had a I have a sister, I couldn't say her name, and it was just it just became Nanner. Nice, yeah. So, yeah. Now Diana was seven years old when her parents divorced. She lived with her mother in London during her parents' separation in 1967. But during that year's Christmas holidays, Lord Althorpe refused to let his daughter return to London with Lady Althorpe. Shortly afterwards, she he won custody uh, of Diana with support from his former mother-in-law, Lady Fermoy. And in 1976, Lord Althorpe married Rain, Countess of Dartmouth. Nice. We basically, we have a, we're going to have a shitload of Game of Thrones characters in this story. Right. Now, Diana's relationship with her stepmother was particularly bad. And she resented Rain, or Raina, whom she called a bully. And on one occasion, Diana pushed her down the stairs. Oh. Yeah. How's that for philanthropy? Obviously, she grew into her philanthropy, whatever. Yeah, clearly. Uh, she was a bit of a cunt. Just a wee tad little teeny tiny little bit. <laughs> so, uh, she later described her childhood as very unhappy and very unstable. The whole thing, she said. Very unstable, the whole thing. I don't know what she sounded like, I'll be honest. She became known as Lady Diana after her father later inherited the title of Earl Spencer in 1975, at which point her father moved the entire family from Park House to Althorpe. A lot of Althorpe going on here. Now, Diana was initially homeschooled under the supervision of her governess, Gertrude Allen, and she began her formal education at the Sillfield Private School in Kings Lynn, Norfolk, and moved to Riddlesworth Hall School, an all-girls boarding school near Thetford, when she was nine. She joined her sisters at another girls' school in 1973 in the, the area of Kent, and she did not perform well in school. She failed her O-levels twice, which I don't know what the fuck that is. Some English shit, like a pound or a... Crumpet. I still don't know what a crumpet is, and I also get confused like when. Sure. Or a cracker. Because because cookies aren't called cookies there; they're biscuits. That's just fucked up. And chips are crisps, and fries are chips. That makes no sense. It's fucking stupid. Get your shit together. I don't give a fuck if you originated the language. Do better. But her outstanding community spirit was recognized with an award from West Health, or I'm sorry, West Heath. It's a, a fucking hate. There's thirty thousand fucking names for one town in this goddamn country. She left West Heath when she was 16, and her brother Charles recalls her being quite shy up until that time. Uh, but she did show a talent for music as an accomplished pianist. Vis-a-vis Adrian Brody. Good movie. Not talked about enough. Too long. Too long. But good movie. 
And also, we all know the Holocaust didn't happen. I'm kidding. I can't believe that became a thing. The Holocaust denial thing. I can't believe that was real. I mean, I can. I do kind of often not to. I do kind of wonder. You know what is it? They say six million people died, or I guess of Jewish persuasion died during the Holocaust. I, I mean, I know it was like eleven million total, but is I, that what it is? I mean, I, I, w- I would be interested to see if maybe the numbers were a little inflated. But no matter what, if one person died in a gas chamber, it sucks. It's still a Holocaust. You know what I'm saying? Whether if you want to say the numbers are inflated, whatever, that's fine. If you want to say it's if for hypothetical, say 11 million is what the official total is. I don't know the official total, but say it's 11 million. A lot. If it's 3 million, so what? Yeah. If they inflated it by fucking 7 million, I don't give a shit. 3 million people still fucking died. Speaking of World War II, I was having this conversation the other day um, about pooping in public places. Of course we did. Well, because a lot of people have a problem with that. Oh, I do. I, 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 See, I don't. And to an extent, like, if it's just grody, I'm out, unless I absolutely have to go. But, like, I'm pretty open about taking a poo-poo. Like, when I feel that I do it, it's got to happen. I also have diverticulitis, so sometimes it's unavoidable. But somebody was asking me, and they're like, I just don't understand how you get to that point. I was like, you have to grow up. Like, first off, boys' locker rooms, even if you just, even just in school, they never, at least one of them doesn't have a door. It's been ripped off. Or just men's bathrooms in schools very oftentimes are missing doors. I don't give a fuck. I just put my books outside of it and take shit. If I get a shit, I get a shit. If you walk around the corner and you see me sitting there all vulnerable, hold my hand. That is all. I do not like I like shitting in my own shitter. Well, there was also the added fact that the place that we always used to party when we were kids, you know, when we would drink uh, uh, bottled water and uh, Fruitopia because underage drinking is bad. It was in a barn. And in this barn, there was a toilet with running water, but it wasn't like enclosed. There was just like next to it was like the kennel for the dogs. And then there was like just a pile of stuff. Like, it was like you could walk around, like, the path, and the toilet was just there. And then there was a pile of stuff that you couldn't really see around. I didn't give a fuck. If I had to shit there, I would shit there. The only problem was I was around a bunch of fucking infantile teenage boys that were drinking and smoking weed. So, out of nowhere, as soon as somebody finds out you're taking a shit, maybe an empty can comes over the the pile of stuff. The next thing you know, you never, you don't even know what's coming. It could be a whole fucking weight bench. It could be a 12-pack of Natty Light. It could be a fucking a, a, a pipe wrench. I'm just sitting there getting bombarded left and right by random fucking household goods and empty beer cans. And then I start having my, my fucking forefathers flashbacks from Hiroshima because I'm like, here we go. Death from above. This is, this is how it happens. It's generational. It skipped one. Now it's my turn. I'm going to die now. Well, let's just say if I'm out and about and the number two needs to happen, I'm having a serious debate whether uh, would it be that bad if I just shit my pants? No, it is definitely better to just suck it up and take a shit in a public place than to shit your pants. Trust me, I have shit my pants pretty recently. I do not think my entire, I'm sure I did, but I do not have any recollection of ever using the bathroom at a school in any from kindergarten through i mean i didn't through well in college is a different because i don't yeah. right there i but, didn't prefer it but like i, I did i don't maybe i blocked it out i'm sure i probably did but i don't have any recollection of it i don't have an active memory 
Like, I went used to go to, uh, excuse me. I used to go to, Jesus. you are nasty. That felt so good, though. I was like really bubbled up in my stomach. I, if I go on vacation, like away. Yeah. There's been several vacations, especially back when I used to go to the NASCAR races. And I'd be gone for like a week. Well, I mean, also, if you're at a NASCAR track, I would expect, like, you're not even shitting into water. You're shitting into more shit and dip spit. I would not use a, I've, I used it once because I had, you know, an emergency happen. A little die die. There'd be a week where I, you I just would, wouldn't shit. I wouldn't even have the urge. Nope. But not sh- me. As soon as I crossed the state line, I was like, okay, get me fucking home. You know me. Like, I get to work, clock in, do a couple things, go do a couple necessities, go take poop. It's like, of course, I've told you. I took a shit the last time when we did that fucking overnight investigation in Kentucky. That's true. I If it wasn't haunted, it was for about five minutes after I was done with it. All right, enough shit talk. Let's get back to Princess Diane. <laughs> All right. Now, we're going to jump ahead a little bit to uh, the year 1977. This is when Diana first met Prince, the Prince of Wales, later Charles III, Elizabeth II's eldest son and heir apparent, so it's the heir to the throne. Uh, she was 16 years old, and he was 29, and he was actually dating her older sister, Sarah. Now, Charles and Diana were guests at a country weekend, at a country weekend, whatever, I that means two totally different things if you're in apparent I'm assuming in England versus America. In England, I'm assuming they're gonna ride horses and shoot foxes and shit. And over here you say a country weekend, you're drinking a fuckload of natty ice and mm-hmm. watching Luke Combs fucking How Lord when it rains it pours sitting on a tailgate. Yeah. Just chilling on a dirt road. Yeah. Swerving like I'm George Jones. I don't, that's all I know. I don't know the rest of the song. I, don't, I hate that fucking song. Now, uh, again, they were guests at a country weekend during the summer of 1980, and he took a serious interest in her as a potential bride. The relationship progressed when he invited her abo- abo- aboard the royal yacht Britannia for a sailing weekend to Cowles. This was followed by an invitation to Balmoral Castle, which is the royal family's Scottish residence, to meet his family. That's legit. That's that's going steady. You're going to Scotland to fucking meet the fam? Now, she was well-received by the queen and the queen mother and the Duke of Edinburgh. Again, it's, it's obviously not Edinburgh. Now, Charles subsequently courted Diana in London, and he proposed on the 6th of February, 1981, at Windsor Castle, and she accepted, but their engagement was kept secret for two and a half weeks. Why? It's fucking two weeks. What kind of ducks are you getting in a row in two weeks for a royal wedding? I imagine that's a pretty thick prenup. Yeah, (laughs) right. Uh, We'll get to that. Now, on uh, the 22nd of June, 1982, Diana gave birth to the couple's first son, Prince William. She subsequently suffered from postpartum depression after her first pregnancy, which I'm pretty sure was well, somewhat well publicized and back plus, in the day. Well, it, there wasn't a lot known about it back. You know, it was like everything else. I mean, that was hard to deal with. That's hard to deal with no matter what. But back in, what, 82, whatever you said that was? Yeah. You know, there wasn't a lot of knowledge about it. She's a witch. Yeah. 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 
Now, five years into the marriage, the couple's incompatibility and age difference of 12 years became visible and damaging. Or because he had dumbbell ears. Which one was it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looked like. Like, he looked like as soon as his mouth opened every day, all it was was, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. In 1986, Diana began a relationship with Major James Hewitt, the family's former riding instructor. Yeah, he is. And in the same year, Charles resumed his relationship with his former girlfriend, Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> uh, the media speculated that Hewitt, not Charles, was Harry's father based on the alleged physical similarity between Hewitt and Harry. But Hewitt and others have denied this. And Harry was born two years before Hewitt and Diana began their affair. Would it be a good affair if you didn't, if it didn't take you two years to find out about it? That is true. It'd be a really good affair. Especially when you're fucking royal. Now, by 1987, cracks in their marriage had become, and the reason I go into this part of it is because I feel like it might lend some credence to what we're going to talk about later. Okay. These aspects of her life. By 18, 1897, motherfuck me twice. By 1987, cracks in their marriage had become visible, and the couple's unhappiness and cold attitude towards one another were being reported by the press, who dubbed them, quote, the glums. What a fucking stupid British goddamn thing to say. It's fucking stupid. I mean, it's no better than the dumb shit they come up with in America. K-Fed. Fucking whatever. Yeah. Brangelina. Eat a dick. Jennifer. Yes. Falavis. Trill, if you will. Our celebrity couple name. But they called them, they dubbed them the glooms due to their evident discomfort in each other's company. Well, isn't that just called marriage? I, I was going to say, just get fucking divorced. If literally the way somebody describes your marriage is the general discomfort of their each other's presence, just get fucking divorced. Or just live in two different places and don't get divorced because you're royal and I guess that's a fucking... <laughs> Now, in 1989, Diana was at a party, a birthday party for Camilla's sister, Annabelle Elliott, when she confronted Camilla, Camilla about her and Charles' extramarital affair. Wait a minute. Was she doing you at the time? Uh, what year was this? This was 1989, so yeah. So, you know, that's that's a big fucking sticky. See, I didn't see a whole lot of, of what how exactly she went about that. If it was a confronting of, like, I just want a explanation of a time period. I can get, I can understand that. I, I no. See, if you are letting somebody else dip the wick, you have no reason to be bitch that that your husband is dipping his wick. That should be the last John Wick film. <laughs> John Wick Five, dip the wick. You have no leg to fucking stand on. Yeah, fair enough. You know, yeah, yeah it's not a bad point. Um, now, these affairs were later exposed in 1992 with the publication of Andrew Morton's book, Diana, Her True Story. Well, that's an original name. It all, this is the book that also uh, revealed Diana's allegedly suicidal unhappiness um, caused by this media storm, which I, I can understand that. That's, that's valid, I think. Yeah. Now, in 1991, or uh, that was in 1991, sorry. Or either that or I missed something. I might have missed something. Now, during 1992 and 1993, leaked tapes of telephone conversations reflected negatively on both Charles and Diana. These tape recordings of Diana and James Gilby were made public in August of 1992, and transcripts were published the same month. 
In December of 92, Prime Minister John Major announced the couple's, quote, amicable separation to the House of Commons. It was a very long-lived marriage. The divorce was finalized on the 28th of August, 1996, and Diana was represented by Anthony Julius in the case. The couple shared custody of their children. She received a lump sum settlement of 17 million pounds, which is equivalent to 34 million pounds in 2020, as of 2021, as well as 400,000 pounds per year. Sitting pretty. She wasn't struggling. Right. The couple signed a confidentiality agreement that prohibited them from discussing the details of the divorce of their married or of their married life. Now, days before this, letters patent were issued with general rules to regulate royal titles after divorce. Diana lost the t the title or the style, if you will, her royal highness and instead was styled Diana, Princess of Wales. And as the mother of Prince expected, or mother of the future queen, yes, king. Uh, yes, as, well, a current prince too. Right. So, as the mother of a current prince, future king, probably, um, who was expected to ascend to that throne, she can. She continued to be regarded as a member of the royal family and was accorded to some same the same precedence she enjoyed during her marriage. So she was still royalty. After the divorce, due to having a male son by Prince, oh, that guy. <laughs> DTD. Now, well, the Queen reportedly wanted to let Diana continue to use the style of Royal Highness after the divorce, but Charles had insisted on her moving it. Mother, I cannot support this. You must take her fucking her, her rightful title. Yeah, he's a bit of a wanker. I cannot allow this, mother. Mm. Fucking douche. They all look weird. Well, I guess well, the, the know, current princes, one of the current princes looks all right. The ginger one. The one that's married to the black lady that they're going to kill eventually. Oh, they're getting a divorce. Oh, he's probably doing it so his family doesn't fucking kill her. Goddamn uh, piece of honest. shit British reptilian. She just got married. She, she, there's a whole, she's a little shady anyway. Mm. Are they all, though? Any any aristocrat is going to have some type of dirty laundry. Let's be real. Now, Diana developed an intense interest in serious illnesses and health-related matters outside the purview of traditional royal involvement, including AIDS and leprosy. Mm. In recognition of her effect as a philanthropist, Stephen Lee, director of the UK Institute of Charity Fundraising Managers, said, quote, her overall effect on charity is probably more significant than any other person's in the 20th century. That I, probably accurate. I, I would have to say, yeah. Because like I said, we make our jokes, but like she's probably she is one of the gems of the 20th century. She went a long way from Was. from pushing people downstairs to being a very a giver. Yeah, she pushed a bitch down the stairs, and now she's the number one philanthropist in the world. Switcheroo! And then I just have a quick list of like I said, HIV and AIDS research and 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 um, donations. Uh, she had a big hand in trying to go into all of those all these war torn countries from that time period and try to clear landmines and shit like that because you know this was back in the day when kids were still getting their fucking legs blown off accidentally. Um, cancer and cancer. I mean, everybody does cancer, rightfully so. Can't fuck cancer. 
um, and leprosy. Not really sure where leprosy fits in there. Was there a big boom in leprosy at this time? I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how uh, prominent leprosy is in the modern age. But Do they just blame leprosy for their fucked up 250-year-old pick, white picket fence teeth? Well, leprosy is more boils and shit on the skin. It's a skin disease. It, it, it's good old gray scale. I think it's actually more along the lines of herpes. And just, it's just easy. It's more kosher to say leprosy than herpes. Yeah, it's good old grayscale <laughs> yes. from Game of Thrones. I do not know how uh, prevalent uh, herpes, or herpes. Herpes is very prevalent these days, considering 75% of everybody has it. You were saying? What was I saying? Oh, leprosy. I don't, I, I'm not how, sure how big of a problem leprosy is. I'm sure. Right? Maybe I'll Google that tonight. And if it's that big of a deal, just do it like Game of Thrones. Just make a fucking island dedicated to those freaks. I'm just kidding. If you have leprosy, don't touch me. That is, isn't that infectious? Like you can literally just get touched and you can get it? I think it's a little bit harder to transmit than what I mean, isn't think. every disease for the most part? I don't think it's as contagious as it's made out to be, but yeah, I, that's I, fair. I don't know. I'm not a leprosy expert. Okay, so now we're going to get into some legal and privacy issues with Ooh. Princess Diana. We're going to get into sex yeah. anytime soon? I mean, we're going back in time. The what? We're going to get into her sex life anytime soon? Kind of, sort of, but not really. I figured it was, I Are found you- it to be kind of a null point in this whole story. There, there, there's some mention, kind of, of it, but... She didn't like getting teabagged? <laughs> Who doesn't? Only if it's fucking Earl Grey. <laughs> now, in we're going back and forth here a little bit, but in November of 1980, the Sunday Mirror ran a story claiming that Charles had used the royal train twice to, for secret love rendezvous with Diana, prompting the palace to issue a statement calling the story a, quote, total fabrica- fabrication and demanding an apology. The newspaper editors, however, insisted that the woman boarding the train was Diana and declined to apologize. <laughs> the fuck? So they were... How the f- You're the royal family. How do you have a fucking tabloid in your country just go... Nah, fam. Fuck y'all. That was that bitch. Yeah. What's the big deal? Like, how big dick was that? So this that? was before they got married, right? Yeah, 1980. Yeah, like, how big dick was so that, So he was though? tapping it before... Well, she, he was dating her sister. Oh. But, like, how big dick is that editor-in-chief when he said that? Well, let's be honest. It's a royal like, family. He just goes, I, re- I, I decline to apologize. Thank you, madam, and thank you, sir. Good day to you. I have many things to attend to. And then he walks away, fucking Conor McGregor style, and that one rap song that was big on TikTok stars. Bitch, I'm him. Quit playing. It's the world. I, but I'm, in a three-piece suit. I've often wondered. I've, I've had a theory. I, they have no power. They're, they're rich now. They're figureheads yeah. now. I mean, I'm sure they have some type of sway or pull, but like, it's not, not like they're it's not like they're directly in charge of anything. It's not like they're sending anybody. To or they are, anymore. or they are, and we'll just never know. I don't find it shocking that eh, when the editor in chief would say, "Eh, go fuck yourself." <laughs> that that's how I want to see. It. I want to see like this fucking like big mustachioed fucking uh, twill suit wearing. Fat, fuck. I mean, I'm fat too, but fatter than me, fucking editor guy from England. He's just sitting there smoking a pipe. And the queen and the king or the prince and like their people are behind them and they're talking about it. And he's like, 
And they're like, we really just really like an apology and for you to retract this statement and tell us everybody that you were wrong because you were, sir. We do not appreciate this defamation of our character and we will not have it in our country. And he just sits there. Get fucked. <laughs> Fuck off out me office. I'm- Cunt. <laughs> See you next Tuesday, motherfuckers. Get the fuck out. Well, it's Britain. They say that shit like we say the word the. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Either way, big dick on that guy. I love that guy. He's my favorite person. He was was tapping that ass on the side in a train. Well, he's tapping that ass and her sister's ass. That's where it gets a little fucking iffy. If I was a prince and future king of England. I mean, it's very royal of them. I'd be tapping all the ass too. I've always that is, said that is traditionally a royal, uh, a, a a characteristic of royalty, keeping it, keeping the bloodline pure. And- Who hasn't had a sister fantasy? Welcome to the royal family, where the fucking coat of arms is two deformed children of the same fucking parental units for the last 50 years and our saying is keep the bloodline strong in the gene pool shallow have a good day sir thank you now in february 1982 pictures of a pregnant diana in bikini in a bikini while holidaying were published in the media and the queen subsequently released a statement and called it quote the blackest day in the history of british journalism you fucking racist <laughs> i knew you were gonna go there black lives matter bitch fuck you and your stupid fucking crown what oh wait you- she's dead now that's right <laughs> wait a minute what was so bad about? Because they took a picture because she was wearing a bikini while she was pregnant, I, I, or they somebody t- had the gall to take a picture. Right, of that's what I'm saying. Like this was, I mean, this was a while ago, but it was still the '80s. Like, are we gonna act surprised when tabloids are taking pictures and benefiting off of? Uh, I don't know how to what how what you would call it a a a moment of uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm having a big fucking god. Right. It's like I've just been feeding my fucking brain crayons and windows. I don't know what vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yes, it's there like like know. that's that was nothing new in the eighties, right? You know what I'm saying? At least in tabloids, maybe not on the like, local I mean, how news. How far along was she? If she was nine months, okay, maybe I said, hey, really, why don't we one piece it? Uh, yeah, she just uh, she just fucking starts giving birth. Or on did the she beach. have a fucking a little baby bump? Somebody just fucking like she's out. She's out there fully pregnant, playing beach volleyball, diving around and shit. And they're like, "No, take the picture. Fuck her." Fast forward to smoking and drinking too. Well, yeah. What the the fuck? Uh, Then fast forward to 1993 when the Mirror Group newspapers or MGN Creative published photographs of Diana that were taken to by gym owner Bruce Taylor. Or, I'm sorry, Bryce Taylor. The photo showed her exercising in the gym LA Fitness wearing a, quote, leotard and cycling shorts. Diana's lawyers immediately filed a criminal complaint and sought a, quote, permanent ban on the sales and the publication of the photographs around the world. However, some new newspapers outside the UK published the pictures. Again, get fucked. I What's the guy's just... name from Spider-Man? That's who they're dealing with now. I will say this. Princess Diana would not last very well in an Instagram world. And also, a leotard and cycling shorts? That Wasn't that one fucking jazzercise chick doing that shit on public TV? Don't you feel like a pony when you slut? 
have have not seen what people women are wearing to the workout today. Oh my god, they're wearing underwear, especially and like I'm not trying to shame or anything, but like the girl, like when I go to the gym, like first off, half the women I see there strictly do ass exercises, (laughs) and they walk around in like literally the TikTok leggings that have like the sewn in seam down the ass crack. Yeah, I know. And, and I'm like, and don't get me wrong, like I'm, 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 I'm pretty good about it for the most part. When, I, especially when I go to the gym to get alone, I literally am either just kind of looking at my phone, the ground, or at myself in the mirror, because I really don't give a fuck what anybody else is there doing. You know what I mean? Unless I see somebody that I'm like, they're about to get hurt, I should probably do something. Not that I'm an expert or anything, but like, there's definitely people in there that with less less experience on some of those machines than me, and I've definitely a couple times been like. You're going to fucking die if you don't stop doing that. Chill out, Bryson. I just find it fucking hilarious. They want women that want to wear next to nothing in a gym and, I mean, they, and then have the audacity to get their panties that they're not wearing all crumpled up in their vagina because somebody actually said, what the fuck? Looked in their general direction, or just the fact that, like, if somebody, if you walk in front of me and I just happen to like look up because there's motion, it's automatically like, ah, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it happened the other night, like last week. I was leaving at like one o'clock in the morning. I was, I did another nighttime uh, session, yeah. And there's this little blonde girl, you know, cute girl, looked like maybe 21, and like she was working out, and like there's a couple times where we ended up in the same area of the gym. And then, like, we left at the same time, and, like, she legitimately looked like she was, like, I was walking behind her because she was parked here, I was over there, and, like, she, like, low-key looked like she was worried about getting to her car, and I just kind of walked past her and laughed. I was like, come on, dude, like, chill the fuck out. I just want to go eat my Rice Krispie treat and drink a protein shake and go to bed. Fuck them, women in the gym, fuck them. Fuck it. Well, the guys fucking barely wear anything like, in the gym now. I, I like those TikToks where, you know, the have you seen them where, you know, women in the gym and they're doing like a, doing some kind of exercise and a guy will come, you need a spot? I have a boyfriend. And then, cool. And then, okay, hey, I'm just okay. And then all of a sudden something happens, like they get stuck mm-hmm. and she says, help, help. And he, the guy walks around and goes, boyfriend, boyfriend, all right. hurry, you fuck off. The only gym content I want to see is either suggestions and tips or Joey Swole. Have you seen Joey Swole? Uh, The guy that sees, like, he'll take somebody who, like, like, look at this fucking guy at the gym when I was there. And he's like, do better. He's big as fuck. Like, so it makes it even better that he's, like, a straight-up bodybuilder. And he's like, why the fuck are you? You don't go there to make fun of people. They're fucking trying to do better. So you do better and stop being a fucking dickhead and mind your goddamn business. Well, like yeah, fuck yeah. True. We go to the fat man's gym. I don't go. To oh yeah, like, I don't give a fuck. They, like, it, there's like been a couple times. Fucking muscles. Yeah, like there's been a couple times where like I've given somebody a pointer. That's about as far as my interaction goes with somebody. And that's only when I look at somebody. I'm like, dude, you're gonna get hurt if you don't stop doing that. But anyway, back to the fucking the juice. Back to the tea, sis. Excuse me. <clears throat> so. The courts granted an injunction against Taylor and MGN that prohibited further publication of the pictures. MGN later issued an apology after facing much criticism from the public and gave Diana one million pounds as a payment for her legal costs while donating 200,000 pounds to her charities. Nice. Well played. In 1994, pictures of Diana sunbathing topless at a Costa del Sol hotel 
were put up for sale by a Spanish photographer or a photography agency for a price of one million pounds. Not enough. In in night what? That's not enough. If I have pictures of a princess of Princess Diana yeah, in the nineties topless, I'm getting more than a million like pounds. Super well endowed. Either way, you have a picture of royalty with their tits out. I'm I'm asking for more than a million pounds. I'm sorry, I don't royalty or not. They need to be nice tatas. You think they have? You think there's like they have the royal jewels? You think that has? Do you think they ever? Anybody's ever had like royal nipple rings? I don't know. I'm sure there is now. Like the like the queen before she died, they found out. Like (laughs) after she died, they found out she had one pierced nipple, and it was just like a 63 carat emerald hanging off of it, and that's why I was wondering why mother's right tit was more saggy than her left. I just threw a floor in my mouth. Now I know she's got 17 and a half pounds of precious gem on her nipsies. Now you've went too far. You've crossed the line now. Uh, so in 1996, a set of pictures of a topless Diana while sunbathing appeared in the mirror, which resulted in a in a furor about invasion of privacy. Fervor, fervor. What's Adolf got to do with this shit? Nine, nine, nine. Uh, in the same year, she was the subject of a hoax call by Victor Lewis Smith, who pretended to be Stephen Hawking, <laughs> though the f- the full recorded conversation was. N- how the fuck? You're a real piece of shit if you're prank calling people as Stephen Hawk. Like, it, unless you had a computer or a machine, if you're just sitting there literally like, hello, Diana. What year did he lose all his? Ability? I don't know. He might have. You maybe, might be right. He might have had at least the ability to speak at the time. I like your uh, basic computer voice. Uh, that's funny. He did not look good at the end. Just literally every time he said. He did not look good in the beginning. Either. He looked. He looked like a fucking. He looked like a Shih Tzu that needed to go to the groomer. <laughs> uh, we were going to hell for speaking like this is about the dead. Anyway, so she dated the British Pakistani heart surgeon Hasnat <laughs> Hasnat <laughs> Hasnat Khan, who was called "quote the love of her life" by uh. many of her closest friends after her death. She is said to have described him as Mr. Wonderful. And in May of 1996, Diana visited Lahore. Lahore? Yeah. Upon invitation from of Imran Khan, a relative of Harsnat Khan. I would really like to go to Lahore, too. Right. Uh, and visited the, the latter's family in secret. Khan was intensely private, and the relationship was conducted in secrecy, with Diana lying to members of the press who questioned her about it, and the relationship lasted about almost two years with differing accounts of who ended it. She's said to have spoken uh, of her distress when he ended their relationship. However, according to Khan's testimony at the inquest of into her death, it was Diana who ended their relationship in the summer of 97. It's a good year. I don't know why, but it was. Now, within a month, Diana began a relationship with Dodi Fayed, the son of a, her summer host, Muhammad Al-Fayed. That summer, Diana had considered taking her sons on a holiday to the Hamptons on Long Island, New York. Rich people, if you didn't know. But security officials had prevented it. After deciding against a trip to Thailand, no shit. You got... you you. Your security officials told you you can't go to the Hamptons, so you're like, you're a fucking genius idea. How about Thailand? 
the fuck are you talking? Have you ever seen the Hangover Three? <laughs> Do you like your kids? Because they're gonna be gone, especially back then. Are you shitting me? I. That'd be like that'd be like you and me right now. They'd be like, oh yeah, you and Phil are going on vacation. Where are you guys going? Oh yeah, we're going to Baghdad. <laughs> yeah, the shitty part. <laughs> we want the real thing. <laughs> We're going to, oh, yeah, we're just going to take a long weekend. We're going to uh, jaunt over to fucking Fallujah and just have a little chill. You know, we're going to have some of that fancy coffee they make in the sand. Fuck off, Thailand. Now, <laughs> um, after deciding against a trip to Thailand, she accepted Fayed's invitation to join his family in the south of France. Much better idea. I would think so. Where his compound and large security detail would not cause concern to the Royal Protection Squad, Muhammad Al-Fayed bought the Junakal, a 60-meter multi-million pound yacht, so multi-multi-million dollar yacht, um, on which to entertain Diana and her sons. This motherfucker bought a multi-million dollar boat to impress his fucking lady. And her children. Oh, shit. That's, that's fuck you money. That's yay to Christmas's money. Yeah. That's, you, you're you the only kids that are going to say, yeah, the royal family Christmas is all right, but stepdad's Christmas was fucking <laughs> sick. No shit. He bought me the Ferrari factory, <laughs> and he got my brother Antarctica. <laughs> <clears throat> now, Diana and her sons, uh, oh, I'm sorry, to entertain Diana and her sons. Tina Brown later claimed that Diana's romance with Fayed and her four-month relationship with Gulu Lavani were a ploy to, quote, inflame the true object of her affections, Hasnat Khan. Hasnat. Hasnati. So this was a fuck-you relationship. Yeah. These were fuck-you relationships. Allegedly. So jump forward a little bit in 1997 on august 31st of 1997 diana died in a car crash in the pont de lama tunnel in paris while the driver was fleeing the paparazzi the crash also resulted in the deaths of her companion dodi fayed and the driver henri paul who was acting security manager for the hotel ritz in uh, paris Trevor Reese Jones, who was employed as a bodyguard by Doty's father, survived the crash, suffering a serious head injury. The televised funeral on the 6th of September was watched by a British television audience that peaked at 32.1 million, which was one of the, excuse me, one of the United Kingdom's highest viewing figures ever. Millions more watched the event around the world. Here we go. Okay. Now, they were fleeing from the paparazzi, right? That's lost control of the Mercedes crashed. Everybody unfortunately died. Let's get into that. Let's get into Henri Paul, the driver slash security guy of the car. No, the, he died. He's one that died. Right? He died. Yes. Okay. Now, theorists have alleged that the driver of the Mercedes Benz W140, Henri Paul, who we spoke about briefly just a minute ago, was in the pay of a national or was being paid by a national security service, though different versions of the allegations named the country of the security service uh, alternately as Britain, France, or the United States. Evidence purported to support that this arises mainly from money in his possession at the time of his death and his personal wealth. These allegations are covered in Chapter 4 of the Operation Paget Criminal Investigation Report. And Muhammad Al-Fayed claims that Henri Paul was working for M16 and they set him up. That would be MI6. I'm just correcting you before 
Oh. I'm American. I know this shit up. Don't nobody, watch- nobody in America knows what MI6 is. They know what I'm talking about sure when I say I'm 16. James Bond. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I'll say it. Half the James Bond movies are trash, especially the newer ones. Uh, God damn it. Nobody's going to know what MI6 is. They know what M16 is. They're going to say, oh, he had him. A, uh, he had him a big old pew pew. Okay, just say he's a good man. Say the British CIA, the British intelligence. Um, the inquiry found no evidence on Paul was an agent for any security service. Or did he have an? M- he didn't have an M sixteen. No, he probably had one of those bullshit. He probably had like a fucking Kalashnikov or some shit. He had an AR-15, but not an M16. Now we're going to talk about some blood samples. Oh, blood samples. Another allegation concerns the reliability of blood tests carried out, which indicated Paul had been drinking before he took the controls of the car. The French investigator's conclusion that Paul was drunk was made on the basis of an analysis of blood samples, which were said to contain an alcohol level that, according to Jay's, on Jay's September 1997 report was three times the French legal limit, which I would assume it's 0.08 in America. So in Europe, it's got to be three point five. Yeah. <laughs> if you're under, I mean, you can have a point or you can have a 2.4 if you're 14. Cause that's how they do things. <laughs> Excuse me. This initial analysis was challenged by a British pathologist hired by Al Fayed and in response, French authorities carried out their a third test, this time using the more medically conclusive vitreous fluid from inside the eye, which confirmed the level of alcohol measured by blood and also showed Paul had been taking antidepressants. That's a thing. I just found out about that today, actually. What? I was listening to this past weekend yeah. with Theo Vaughn. He, did, he had a coroner on. I did, I, he also talked about these vitriol samples. Huh. He said, like, if you have to do a toxicology report, you either go straight into the heart, like Pulp Fiction, because obviously the heart's not pumping through the veins and arteries. Yeah. Or if that doesn't really work, you can go straight into the side of the eyeball. And he said you can get about four cc's, give or take. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. It's been claimed that the level of alcohol reported to have been found in Paul's blood was inconsistent with his sober demeanor, as captured on the CCTV of the Ritz that evening. Robert Forrest, a forensic pathologist, said that an alcoholic, an alcoholic like Paul with a higher tolerance for alcohol would be able to appear more sober than he actually was. The families of Dodi Fayette and Henri Paul did not accept the findings of the French investigation. It was disclosed in 2006 that Lord Stevens had met with Paul's elderly parents telling them that their son was not drunk. And just prior to Stevens' appearance uh, in at the inquest, a source close to Stevens stated that this inconsistency could be explained as him being, quote, considerate and sensitive towards the elderly couple. An assessment Scott Baker suggested might be credible in his opening comments comments to the jury. And under cross-examination at the British inquest in 2008, Stevens denied, quote, deliberately misleading Paul's parents and said that he that the chauffeur's condition at the time of the crash did not match the police's definition of being drunk, which he said relied upon someone's physical responses. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So there's that. They did say he was under the influence of alcohol at the time of the crash. Um, but some random fucking expert cited the report estimated that Paul had drunk the equivalent of five measures of Ricard, his favorite licorice-flavored French apéritif, 
before Jar. So basically, he had a shitload of Jaeger. Awesome, I like it. He had a bunch of he had a bunch of French Jaeger. He had Yagel. Uh, excuse me. Uh, two French tox labs tests. Uh, Paul was found to have twelve point eight percent carbon monoxide hemoglobin saturation, which occurs when blood's iron carrying pigment or hemoglobin, is bound with carbon monoxide instead of oxygen. Smokers normally have about 10% hemoglobin bound to with carbon monoxide, so the result of Paul's case were not unusual. He'd been smoking small cigarillo cigars in the hours before the crash, and another test backed by the opponents or backed by the opponents of the official findings showed Paul had a carbon monoxide hemoglobin saturation of 20.7% at the time of death. And that result if accurate, combined with the rate of dispersal of carbon monoxide from the bloodstream would have meant that Paul's blood had dispersal of carbon monoxide. I'm sorry, I just went backwards again. That would have meant that Paul's blood had 40% saturation a few hours earlier, and he would scarcely have been able to function a car, let alone at all. Yeah, it this, this shit's thick. I find this very interesting. In 2009, it was reported that the DNA samples confirmed the blood samples with high alcohol levels were indeed from Paul, and this was established by a comparison with samples provided by Paul's parents demonstrating that the blood tested was that of Paul and that he had three times the French limit of, of alcohol in his blood. Hmm. So that's a thing. So he was drunk. All right. Yeah. Uh, where but was it? Does not make a conspiracy. yeah. There's a bunch of shit in here that I like. Uh, well, if he was drunk, doesn't this kind of take away from the conspiracy aspect of this? There's more. Okay. Uh, because we get to uh, what's this guy's fucking name? Shit. Trevor Reese Jones, Cass Wingfield. Uh, let's see. We have Mr. Tomlinson in 2008. He told the inquest that he may have mis misremembered and that he had no evidence that Paul was an MI6 agent. But he had he had said in the previous day's court session that Paul was supplying MI6 with information. Speaking by video link from France, Tomlinson conceded that after the interval of 16 or 17 years, he, quote, could not remember specifically whether the document he had seen during the 19 during 1992 had in fact proposed the use of a strobe light to cause a traffic crash as a means of assassinating Milosevic, who wears the Milosevic thing. This gets, I, I'm a little uh, out of uh, whack here. Ah, here we go. So he alleged that MI6 was monitoring Diana before her death and had told Mohammed Al-Fayed that Paul was an MI6 agent and that her death mirrored plans he saw in 1992 in the for the assassination of the prince or president of Serbia, Slobodan Milosevic, by using a strobe light uh, to blind his chauffeur. This is another conspiracy theory that there was some type of pre-planned pre strobe that basically just perfectly timed and threw off the driver and caused the crash. That seems like a horrible way to do an assassination. It really does. Very inconsistent. I I agree. I mean, well, so, um, he did. He said he didn't remember if that if if that was the exact verbiage. Although the use of lights for this purpose had been covered in his MI6 training, 
and the Operation Paget inquiry was given unprecedented access to the offices of both MI5 and MI6 to investigate Tomlinson's claims. And it was later revealed that he mentioned uh, the mentioned memo was a proposal written in March 1993 to assassinate another Serbian figure if he gained power, not Milosevic. Mm, yeah. Mm. 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 The plot thickens. Yes, uh, the inquest was later told by an anonymous MI6 manager referred to during the proceedings as Miss, Ms. X that MI6 were not keeping any file on either the presence of the princess or Dodie and that there was no plan involving them. The inquiry concealed by dismissing or concluded by dismissing Tomlinson's claims as an embellishment. And it went on to comment that this embellishment was largely responsible for giving rise to the theories that, that Diana was murdered. Oh, well, I will call bullshit on that. I'm sure they were keeping tabs on. Well, on, yeah, I mean, it's there's a given. no doubt in anybody. If they, that's just blatant denial. That's a lie. Yeah. Well, in, well, one part of the whole thing of her being murdered is the, the suspicion that at the time she may have been pregnant with Dodie Al-Fayed's child. Okay. Which I, we all think is fucking dumb, but from a Royal family standpoint, yeah, that would probably, they probably wouldn't like that too much. I guess I, the I mean, Queens just said, look at her. She's a trollop. I mean, if you're going, I don't know why other than they, the child would have no claim to the throne, so they shouldn't really give. I think it's yeah. It was really just a fucking. It was just a, a, a public image thing, really. Yeah. Um, Al Fayed made the assertion in television interviews that the couple were going to announce their engagement on the Monday after the crash, which would be the first of September of '97, which is fucking sad. That's sad. There's a lot of this, though. There's a lot with this fucking story. Uh, let's see. Don't give a shit about the jewelers. I went too far into this. Which is probably a good thing. Which is... Well, it's not a good thing, but it's a good thing that you told me, Lil, let's kick it back a couple days. Because we're not even going to use a lot of this. Because there's so much. And it's very repetitive. Um, now, let's see more about her being fucking followed uh what is it but um yeah there there was just there was a lot about her just being followed by mi6 by this person by that person by this country all kinds of like there's so many quote unquote takers in this she's being followed and tracked thing uh now, in January of 2004, the former coroner of the Queen's household, John Burton, said in an interview with the Times that he attended the post-mortem examination of the princess's body at Fulham Mortuary, where he personally examined her womb and found her not to be pregnant. So, according to him, that knocks out the possibility uh, of her being pregnant with Dodie Al-Fayed's kid. Okay. Which, but he... But th he works for the fucking queen. Exactly. Yeah, so, it, 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 you know... I mean, that very easily could be a lie, but... You know, it's, yeah, like, it's he whatever. did... He checked the ovaries and all that, allegedly, and said that there was nothing about that, or nothing uh, plausible or true about any of that. 
but like you said, he works for the fucking royal family. So chalk that up as you will. Now we get into another one that's very interesting. The absence of CCTV images showing the Mercedes journey from the hotel to the crash site has been frequently cited as evidence of an organized conspiracy. According to the independent newspaper in 2006, there were more than 14 CCTV cameras in the Pont de la Ma underpass, though none recorded footage of the fatal crash. Now, that is interesting. Yeah. Shit does go 14 down. 14 cameras. You could on a tunnel, you can catch everything. That is very interesting. Kind of like Epstein hanging himself and all the cameras went down at the same time. It makes it interesting. Right? Let's jump into that. This this one's pretty quick. Um, now, Judge Erv Stefan was appointed as examining magistrate in this case on the 2nd of September, 1997. And on that day, by judicial order, he tasked the Brigade Criminal with identifying all video and photographic images along the route taken by the Mercedes. Lieutenant Eric Guijot of the Brigade Criminel led the team that carried out that work, and initially, by retracing the route several times and drawing up a list of possible locations, he reported, or I'm sorry, his report showed that the team identified 10 locations of CCTV cameras. None of these had any images relevant to the inquiry since they were principally security cameras facing the entrances of buildings. Most of the cameras were not maintained by the city of Paris. The owners of the buildings to which they were attached operated them privately, and there was a traffic monitoring camera above the underpass in the Place de la Main itself, but this was under the control of La Compagnie de Circulation Urbaine de Paris, the Paris Urban Traffic Unit, that and that department closed down at about 11 p.m., had no night duty staff, and made no recordings. The officers in the police headquarters information, information and command center could continue to view the pictures shown by the traffic camera in real time but could not control it. Uh, the subject of the CCTV cameras is dealt with in Chapter 5 of the Operation Paget report, and it was where it was also found that the photograph, a photograph, fuck me, sorry, that it was found that a photograph that was published in a book by David Cohen called Diana, Death of a Goddess, and captioned as having been taken just before the car entered the tunnel was in fact taken by a photographer as the car left back at the, the back of the Paris Ritz. This is the good one. This is where I tune in pretty heavily. All right. Now, uh, this is uh, the white, white Fiat Uno and James Adanson. Or Adanson. We'll go with that. Take your pick. Analysis of the wreckage of the Mercedes revealed it had glancing contact with a white Fiat Uno, which left traces of paint on the Mercedes bodywork. Extensive attempts by the French police to find the vehicle involved were unsuccessful, and although no one had seen the Fiat in the tunnel, some witnesses reported seeing an Uno exiting the tunnel. Mohamed Al-Fayed alleges in his July 2005 statement to Operation Paget, and that at other times, that the white Fiat Uno was being used by MI6 as a means of causing the Mercedes to swerve and thereby crash into the side of the tunnel. 
Al-Fayed further alleged that the Fiat Uno was owned by a French photojournalist named Jean-Paul James Andanson, a security services agent, according to Al-Fayed, who had photographed Diana while she was in his via, villa in Saint-Tropez, Saint-Tropez, in July 1997. Adanson's death on, in May of 2000, Al-Fayed claimed, was either due to guilt over what he had done or because he was assassinated by the French or British security services to silence him. But wait, there's more. Are you getting fucking... Did you order DoorDash? <laughs> yes, I'm the hungry, fuck? bitch. Fair enough. Or, God gotta, damn it. I gotta go to work, too. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Operation Paget found that the white Fiat Uno Ad Adinson owned was an unroadworthy condition, being nine years old at the time with 325,000 kilometers, which is 202,000 miles. That's a, that's a good amount. Yeah. Suggesting that the car had been driven 27,000 miles per year and had been maintained for several years prior to uh, prior. And Adinson's neighbors confirmed the veracity of this evidence. Adinson had sold the car in October of 1997. Operation Paget concluded it was extremely unlikely due to the car's condition and the fact that Adinson had so openly disposed of it that it was the one at the scene of the crash in Paris. French police had examined Adinson's car <coughs> excuse me, as part of their effort to trace the one that had uh, come into contact with the Mercedes with a view of prosecuting the driver for failing to render assistance and had reached the same conclusion. Uh, the French police spent a year at the crash, or I'm sorry, spent a year after the crash searching for the vehicle and eliminated over 4,000 white Fiat Unos from their inquiry. Operation Paget decided it would be unlikely that renewed inquiries would identify the vehicle involved as such a long period of time had elapsed since the crash, and it concluded the threat of pop it concluded the threat of pop prosecution for a custodial offense probably deferred it deterred the driver from coming forward at the time blah 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 now let's talk about mr addison's quote unquote suicide oh did he suicide himself yes okay addison died in may of 2000 the official verdict was suicide his body was found in a black burnt out bmw in a forest near the town of non near malau in southern France, Addison's death was attributed to problems in his private life. The 2008 inquest into the death of, Prince in the, of the Princess of Wales heard the, that evidence was uncovered from his friends and associates that prior to his death, he had talked by, of suicide by pouring petrol in a car and lighting a cigar, as noted by Richard Horwell, uh, for the, who was the QC for the Metropolitan Commissioner. The Paget report states that when the car was found, Addison's body was in the driver's seat of the car and his head was detached and lay between the front seats. There was a hole in his left temple and the French pathologist concluded that this hole was caused by the intense heat of the fire rather than, for example, a bullet wound. Operation Paget found no evidence Addison was known to any security service, and contrary to Al-Fayed's claims, his death was thoroughly investigated by French police, although where the whereabouts of the car keys has never been explained. And a break-in at his former workplace in June 2000 alleged to have been carried out by security services was found to be unconnected to his death, and 
as of or as no items were taken from him. That is interesting. Yeah. He his his head was off his body. He had a hole in his left temple and then he burned himself alive. I I'm just just to be for clarification. I wonder when the body burns, is it possible for the head to disconnect and roll off? Is that possible? Probably. So that's but the hole in this temple is interesting. Mm, I agree. I find it very uh, happen or very coincidental. Now, if you want to say blame it on the fire, I would say okay. If the head exploded, as in the entire backside of his head or top side or whatever was blown out from pressure, okay. But a bullet size hole or a little hole, I'm mm -hmm. not buying that bullshit. I'm, but I'm no doctor. Yeah. Now there is also the uh, mention of Levanton, who was a 22 year old taxi driver who also owned a white Fiat Uno that was happenstantially had the same Bianco Corfu 224 paint scheme as the other 4,000 ones that they looked at, including Addison's, which was manufactured from 1983 to September of 1987. And chemical analysis showed that the original paint was, quote, compatible, compatible with the white traces seen on the Mercedes. Following tests, it was concluded that the car, quote, could have been involved in the accident, and he was questioned only once on November 13th of 97 by French detectives at his apartment in Clichy, north of Paris, and has always refused any further interview requests. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, he, uh... He did tell investigators that he was on a shift at the time of the crash and the night shift security guard at at, at a Renault factory in Genvier. Uh, he said another man was working with him, but he couldn't recall his name, which led him being ruled out as a suspect. So I guess, you know, whatever. Uh, they all they did also also kind of. Interesting. They did question him about his car being resprayed red from the original white and having replacement bumpers, <laughs> but he claimed it was done a few hours prior to the crash, and he refused to provide reasons for doing so. And in 2006, his dad and his son, or uh, in 2006, his dad and his son had resprayed his Uno red hours after the crash, allegedly waking up the mechanic to bother him at night and help him. So he said. Yeah, I changed the bumpers and changed the color before the crash. Allegedly, it was before the or after the crash. Chalk that up. Then there's the bright flash thing. Whatever. There's I I don't. I'm not too into that one. There are people that say they did see a bright flash. Could it be a method of causing somebody to crash a car fatally? Right. Yeah. Not very interesting though. But there is uh some somewhat eyewitness reports of that, but you know. Nobody gives a shit. Now, the seatbelt is a big thing. This is a big one. There was some media discussion on April 20, 2006 suggesting that Diana was a faithful seatbelt user, which apparently she was, according to other people that were close to her. And therefore, the fact that both her and Dodie's seatbelts either failed or were not used was sinister and might suggest sabotage. Her sister later said that Diana, quote, was religious in putting on her seatbelt on. Okay. Yes. And in another quote, it is 
says, what is certain is that she was not wearing a seatbelt and this made things worse. We would like to think that if she had been wearing a seatbelt, we'd have been we've we'd have been able to save her, said Andre Linel Linha. But uh, analysis of the wreckage of the car after its uh, repatriation to England in 2005 by a forensic accident investigator from the Transport Research Laboratory of 35 years experience on behalf of the Operation Paget found that all the seat belts were in good working order except for the right rear one, which was attached to the seat Diana occupied. Hmm. Okay. So because, well, hold on okay. real quick. In October 1997, there was a investigation that suggested that damage to the seatbelt took place after the crash. Okay. Okay. So they're saying because she did not have her seatbelt on, that is proof of some kind of conspiracy. Is that what I'm hearing? If she was that religious about putting it on, yeah, or, it, it's fishy. You know what I mean? Or they were fucking in the back seat. Go to get a little roadhead. You can't a little do dode head. I mean, come on. Who hasn't done it? I mean, you have a driver. You could be a thing. I, but, it, I mean, it does potentially make it fishy. You know what I mean? Like, I could see why somebody would bring it up. Um, now, here's another good one I find. The first call to the emergency services switchboard was logged at 1226 a.m. Okay. The SAMU ambulance carrying the princess arrived at Piti Sapitei Hospital at 206 a.m. So an hour and a half, it took an hour and a half to get her out of the car and get her to the hospital. Yes. And now, what was the distance and how, obviously the car was erected, they had to bring out the jaws of life. I mean, I don't, okay. I mean, that's, I don't know if that's proof of anything. I don't well, know the scenario of getting her out of the car. So... They, 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 they quote or source or whatever the fuck you want to say the stay and play mantra, which meant that the patient needed to be stabilized first at a fully equipped medical ambulance before being directed to a specialized hospital that could treat his or her injuries, no matter how far away it is. Nevertheless, the length of time has prompted much conspiracy related comment, as you just brought up the period between the crash and the arrival of the hospital takes into account the following. The time taken for emergency services to arrive, the time taken by Sapir Pompier, the fire service of Paris to remove Diana from the damaged car and the actual journey time from the crash site to the hospital. Now, police officers Sebastian Dozzi and Lino Gagliardone were the first emergency official to arrive at the scene at around 1230 a.m. and Sergeant Xavier and Philippe Boyer of the Sapir Pompier arrived around 12.32 a.m. Jean-Marc Martino, a specialist in anesthetics and intensive care treatment, and the doctor in charge of the SAMU ambulance arrived around 12.40, and Diana was removed from the car at 1 a.m. She then went into cardiac arrest following external cardiopulmonary resuscitation, and her heart started beating again, and so she was moved to the ambulance at 1.18 a.m. Ambulance departed from the crash site at 1.41 a.m., arrived at the UP hospital at 2.06 a.m., a journey time of approximately 26 minutes, and this included a stop at God de ordered by Martino because of the drop in the blood pressure of the Princess of Wales and the necessity 
of dealing with it. The ambulance was traveling slowly on his express instructions. The doctor was concerned about Diana's blood pressure and the effects of her medical condition of deceleration and acceleration. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I cannot say. I know. It's crazy, right? Asshole or not. Now, the embalming of the body. This is the last step. Muhammad Al-Fayed alleged that Diana's body was deliberately embalmed shortly after her death to ensure that any pregnancy test at the postmortem would produce a false result. Robert Chapman, who carried out the postmortem examination, stated that the embalming fluids would have had no effect on determining whether Diana was pregnant or not as the physical evidence would have been present in her womb and ovaries. Operation Paget found on August 31st, 1997, it was a very hot day in Paris, and Diana's body had been stored in an empty room adjacent to the emergency room where she had been treated at the Pitel Hospital as the mortuary was on the other side of the hospital grounds and some distance away. Dry ice and air conditioning units were placed in the room to keep it cool, but appeared to have little success. No shit. You just fucking throw a window unit in that bitch? Hey, we got to keep the princess's dead body cool. Somebody go grab a fucking Maytag. Or whatever, a metal, whatever they have in France. Go, go get me a fucking, a Peugeot air conditioner. I need a Citroen air conditioner, please. Insert another French fucking automobile maker. I don't know. Uh, her two sisters and Prince Charles were scheduled to view the body later that afternoon before bringing it back to the United Kingdom. But President Jacques Chirac and his wife also wished to pay their respects. This meant there was very little time to prepare the body for viewing, and it was deemed unacceptable to present Diana's body to her family and the president of France in the state it was in. Faced with this situation, the hospital staff decided to press ahead and with embalming with only verbal authority from Martin Montel, Montel the local superintendent of police, who assured Jean Moncol that everything would be in order. So they had a hasty embalming. They have somewhat of a reason for it. Take that as very you know. plausible. I mean, yeah, reason. I mean, yeah. I mean, I kind of get that. Now sprinkle in. This is the last little bit. The court martial of SAS sniper Danny Nightingale led to a letter written by witness soldier N and sent to his in-laws coming to wider attention, Soldier N, Nightingale's former roommate, was in prison for illegally hiding firearms and ammunition. On the 17th of August 2013, the Metropolitan Police announced they were reviewing evidence that Soldier N had boasted that the SAS were behind the death of Princess Diana. The parents of Soldier N's estranged wife reportedly wrote that the to the SAS's commanding officer, claiming Soldier N had told his wife the unit, quote, arranged Diana's death and it was covered up. The information was reportedly passed on to Scotland Yard by the Royal Military Police. But, however, Scotland Yard stressed that this information would not lead to a reinvestigation and that they were examining its, quote, relevance and credibility. They also confirmed that Prince Charles and Mohammed Al-Fayed were being kept informed as preliminary examination progressed. And at the end of November 2013, Scotland Yard ended its study of the SAS allegations and released a statement saying the Metropolitan Police Service has scoped the information and is in the process of drawing up conclusions, which will be communicated to the families and the interested parties first before any further comment can be made. 
And on the 16th of December, it emerged from Sky News reports that there was no credible evidence that the SAS was involved in the death of the princess and the others, and thus no reason to reopen the investigation. What perfect timing. That was literally the last paragraph, and my fucking mouth hurts, because that was a lot of talking. And I cut a lot of that shit out. We might have to fucking mark this and cut it out. Phil's got to go get his DoorDash order. Oh, God. So, and that can, ladies and gentlemen, concludes the kind of fucked up story of uh, what may or may not have happened to Princess Diana. We leave you here with your own... Oh, shit. Damn it. Anyway, that's irrelevant to what we're talking about. So, I was just reading some random news. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, that's that. What's your opinion? Take a load off. Here's My the thing. fucking mouth is so dry from reading all that. Here's the thing. I think it's a fascinating story that they would want to... Somebody would want to assassinate. However... I firmly believe in my heart and loins. Okay. That I can feel it in my plums. If they wanted to kill her, there are much easier ways and much more effective ways to do it. Taking the chance in a car wreck is very, very shaky. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. There's because there's no guarantee that there's going death is going to occur. Right, unless you're going to do it like the reporter dude and fucking kill him twice. And what what was to gain by killing her? I think so I I you know me, I kind of fall back on believing that this wasn't a total accident. But I mean it, I find it pretty simple. It's because the royal family didn't like what she was doing. They didn't. They didn't agree with the image that she was, quote, bringing on to the family. Even though she wasn't yeah. technically part of the family anymore, she was just part of the family by being the mother of who she was. If that's the case, then why the fuck is Prince Andrew still alive? You see what I'm saying here? Yeah. But, but he's a man. Oh, more important. See, I, more important to the family, the royal family. I just don't think the royal family is that sent. I did the benefit, the cost benefit, is not there for me. Well, I don't think she was that much of an issue, or the appearance of what with what she's doing, the overall global appearance was not not that much of a derogatory stain on their legacy. Well, and there's also there's also somewhat, I guess, unwarranted allegations that she had talked about her and other people around her had talked about her former husband was going to take her out. So there's also the jaded lover part of the story too. I didn't even go into that because like it's it's just kind of he said she said, 
But there's yeah. apparently multiple people that say that, like, Charles was like, that bitch dead. Uh, you want to fuck on me? I just don't. I don't know. I just think there would be much easier ways to do it. Well, you also know that I have, a, I have a little more of an extreme view on powerful human beings in the world than a lot of people. Call I mean, the Illuminati, it, if you will, but like it's a thing. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. We're not. Everybody's like, we're working our way to the new world order and one world government, motherfucker. That shit. Those those gears are already turning. If you don't, if you haven't picked up on that one, like you're just missing too much. If you were, excuse me. If she was getting ready to come out with some tell-all book, and you know, throw the world family under a bus. Okay, then I. Okay, now we can have a little bit more you know more of a rational discussion about it it's more likely in my opinion to where she's just she's just partying having a good time giving to fucking charities blowing people in the backseat of mercedes or you know? well and then there's also the fact that like would could it possibly not even have been the royal family could it have been mi6 period could MI6 have been like, no, she's going to say too much and she's going to threaten the security of what of our the monarchy that we have in place? That I think I, I think that is more plausible by only reasoning for saying that the royal family killed her is. I, I think that's more plausible, but I don't see that happening without some some high ranking member of the family knowing about it. I will say this, and this is here's what I'm. If they made the decision to 86er. It's a great band I found recently. It's a deathcore band that's all cooks. When I say they, I mean the royal family. Yeah. The powers that be, if you will. I I think it's the most stupid idea ever, and here's why. It's too obvious. Her son is still in line to take Is going to be the next king of England. As soon as Daddy Charles kicks the bucket. Which can't be too long. He is the next king. Yeah. Do you think there obviously would be some documentation, some evidence somewhere? Would they risk or killing his mother and having him take power someday but, and find out? And you know what I'm saying? But could they not already have thought of that eventuality? Because possibly part of the reason they took her out too is so that she wasn't in her son's ear when he did take the throne. That's because let's be real, they don't have power, but they do. They, you know what I mean? Like, 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 parliament and shit like that. They're not going to the king or the queen does not make any rules. But you're fucking lying if you try to say that like they're not at least in the ear of like the prime minister and shit like that. They have. It's like Rasputin to the czars of Russia. They have. They have a little bit of pull. Yeah, but it's not like they can. They have influence. They might not right, have influence. power, but they have influence. Right. They can't actually. And that's an yeah. aspect of it that I thought of while I was doing I this research is like, I find it, I think it very possible that they didn't want her in her son's ear when he had the throne, especially because it's been a while since there's been a king. And this king that is currently in the, sitting on the throne is going to die probably pretty soon. And he's a bit of a dweeb. Yes. But. You get a young guy in there again for the first time in how long? I feel like he's going to try, like, either him or the powers that be are going to try to get behind him and try to get 
him to pull more pull more strings and push more buttons than I will say this. It wouldn't shock me if they did, but I I just don't think I just like I said, the big thing is for me, there's much easier much easier, much more effective ways to get the job done than a car wreck. Because there's no guarantees. There's not, but at the same time, like, when you're so in the public eye and you're so loved by most nations around the world, you know what I mean? That does. I feel like that does hamper your abilities to try to pull something off. And they could have not done it. I don't know. Like uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I I'm just. It's funny. I would be about. less. I would be less surprised to find out they had something to do with it than to find out it was just a straight up accident. I think that's basically where I'm at. I will say it's fun to think about. It's fun to discuss. If nothing else, there was I think there was definitely something shady after the death. With all this shit, like the blood toxicology reports and something like that. There was definitely something something was covered up, even if it was an accidental death. Right. I mean And I, like the guy with the white fiat, maybe he's maybe he is the reason they crashed, and that's why what happened to him happened. Right. That could be a thing too. They could be like, You fucking Bastard, you killed my whole stepdaughter. I don't know. I, it's, it's fun to think about, and maybe it could just be an accident, or maybe she could have been whacked. Well, it also, also saved Charles 400,000 pounds a month. <laughs> mm, good point. You can get somebody killed for less than 400,000 pounds. What's that? Like like 700 and something thousand dollars? That's a pretty good chunk of change. Yeah. Like almost a million. Well, I mean, the, with the, it might be a million. I don't know. Depending uh, on the inflation, I, I don't know what it was back then. I don't know exactly what it is now, but but yeah, I think that's my biggest thing. Is like I I would be it would be less shocking for me to find out that the royal family or the government of Britain one hundred percent took this thing and rolled with it. It's very possible, but I just don't. I I just find it hard hard to believe that they. Either way, it's sad because she was a hell of a philanthropist and a, a hell of a human being for the most part. So, and whenever you kill somebody, you run the risk of making them a martyr, which kind of happened. Which which happened? Which was going to happen anyway? She was she was uber popular before she died. She got a fucking beanie baby. Yeah, no after shit. she died, Elton John performed at her fucking service. I know. What was that song? Candle, Candle in the wind. wind. I don't know the words, so we'll just fill in with something. I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind that I put down in words how shiny my lapels are because I'm fucking Elton John. It'd be, it would, like I said, my final thought wouldn't surprise me either way. We'll let you decide. And on that note, We'll Phil's got some fried chicken to eat. I got places to be, people to see, fucking cocaines to do. I got, I got, I got to do about fucking fifteen zippity doodahs and two flippy daps. And I'm gonna go on down to the casino and I'm gonna play slot machines till I fucking croak. All right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. We will see you when we see you. Hopefully. Maybe this In weekend. In the next two weeks. We might do it this weekend. We never know. We really want to get back to it every week. It's just a real motherfucker lately. The scheduling is hard. You never know. If you don't like it, 
Go suck an egg. Isn't that what old people say? Yeah. All right. We're out. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Love you. Bye.